No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see that David wants to build God a house, but God won't let him. Instead, God will build David a house. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 7 on Simply the Bible. Many years ago, I heard it said that you cannot outgive God. He will not be a debtor to any person. And that's because it's his very nature to give and to be gracious toward his creation. Perhaps Satan's greatest lie is to convince people that God is not good or that he is a harsh taskmaster. But in the seventh chapter of 2 Samuel, we see that God delights to bless his children who trust in him. The more we seek to give to God and his people, the more we are blessed. We continue today in 2 Samuel chapter 7. Now it came to pass when the king was dwelling in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies all around, that the king said to Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells inside tent curtains. Then Nathan said to the king, Go do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. King David was dwelling in his house. He was comfortable. He could have just kicked back and just enjoyed all that he had. But instead, David felt uncomfortably comfortable. He wanted to build a house for the Lord. He felt it weird that he would have such a nice palace made of cedar when God was in a tent. And so he had this desire to build the temple. And he told Nathan, the prophet, about it. And Nathan just encouraged him. He no doubt loved David and said, David, do whatever is in your heart. The Lord is with you. You know, be encouraged. But it happened that night that the word of the Lord came to Nathan saying, Go and tell my servant David, Thus says the Lord, Would you build a house for me to dwell in? For I have not dwelt in a house since the time that I brought the children of Israel up from Egypt even to this day, but have moved about in a tent and in a tabernacle. Wherever I have moved about with all the children of Israel, have I ever spoken a word to anyone from the tribes of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? This was one of those situations where Nathan spoke too soon and God had to call him out on it. Hey, Nathan, you answered David a little too hastily. David's not the one to build my house. Have I ever asked anybody to build a house for me? Have I ever said that I was discontent about being in a tent? We are coming up on our 25th anniversary as a church. For 12 of those years, we were fortunate enough to lease our own space, which housed all of our activities. But then our landlord decided to remodel and eliminate our space. So for the past nine years, we've been without our own space to house all our activities. We lease space for our office and our midweek studies, but we meet in a school on Sundays. So we're a mobile church, and it works for us. Now, God has blessed us with property that we've been able to pay off, and we are making plans to build on it soon. But being a mobile church for the past nine years has taught us that the church is not the building, it's the people. And I think many times we place too much of an emphasis on a building 
when God is content to live in a tent. Verse 8, Now therefore thus shall you say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the sheepfold, from following the sheep, to be ruler over my people, over Israel. And I have been with you wherever you have gone, and have cut off all your enemies from before you, and have made you a great name, like the name of the great men who are on the earth. Now I wonder if it came as a surprise to David that the Lord had been with him through everything, through all the times that he was running from Saul, hiding in the caves of Engedi, from all the stuff that had been going on in his life. I wondered if he realized that God was always there through the highs and the lows. I think it's easy for us to forget that. And yet God said that he will never leave us or forsake us. He's with us always and using all those things to work out his plans in our lives. David wanted to do something for the Lord. That's the basis of most religion. Religion is man's effort to please God through good works. God may in fact enable us to do good works that please him, but it is God doing it through us. How could we ever please God if God didn't first put the desire in our hearts? And so God wasn't requiring a work from David. David already had a heart after the Lord and believed in the Lord. All along, God had been working in and through David. Verse 10, Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more, nor shall the sons of wickedness oppress them any more as previously. Since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel and have caused you to rest from all your enemies. So even as God had been working in David, he would continue his work in his nation Israel. It would be he who would provide a rest for them. He would plant them in the land that they would dwell in a place of their own. And he had already been doing that, but now he would put them in a temple in his time and in his way. Verse 11, also the Lord tells you that he will make you a house when your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers. I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father and he shall be my son. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the blows of the sons of men. But my mercy shall not depart from him as I took it from Saul, whom I removed from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever. According to all these words and according to all this vision, so Nathan spoke to David. To be sure, David wanted to do a great work for God, and there's nothing wrong with that holy ambition. But there are times when God doesn't want us to do the work for him. He wants to do it for us. My wife Cindy and I love to go out to eat with people. And many times, it's our joy to foot the bill. If someone else reaches for the check, I beat them to it. It brings us joy to bless others. As God had worked to establish David to this point, he was also working to establish his nation Israel, so he would now work to build David a house. It was all God's work, and that is the very essence of grace. God would establish David's son. Initially, this would be Solomon. He would build the temple, and God would establish his throne. If he sinned, then God would punish him with the rod of men. 
In other words, God would raise up people to oppose him, but God would not remove his mercy from him as he did with Saul. All this happened in the future. Solomon built the temple and sought wisdom. God blessed his reign abundantly. But Solomon's foreign wives would turn his heart away from God so that God would raise up enemies to oppose him, beating him with the rod of men, so to speak. But God continued his mercy with Solomon and did not remove him as king. However, beyond Solomon, God spoke of establishing David's kingdom forever. God would build him a dynasty that would endure. This would ultimately be fulfilled when Jesus Christ, the son of David, sits on David's throne to reign forever and ever. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord, and he said, Who am I, O Lord God? And what is my house that you have brought me this far? And yet this was a small thing in your sight, O Lord God. And you have also spoken of your servant's house for a great while to come. Is this the manner of man, O Lord God? Now, what more can David say to you? For you, Lord God, know your servant. Those who truly encounter the grace of God are overwhelmed. What can you say in the presence of such goodness? David said, Who am I, O Lord? The idea was that David did not see anything in himself that was worthy of such gracious treatment by God. For God to take David from the sheepfolds and make him king over all Israel was more than enough. But to promise him an everlasting dynasty was exceedingly abundant grace. And David was speechless. For your word's sake, and according to your own heart, you have done all these things to make your servant know them. Therefore, you are great, O Lord God. For there is none like you, nor is there any God besides you, according to all that we have heard with our ears. David uses an interesting phrase here, for your word's sake, he said. David understood that every word God says he must surely fulfill. In his heart, God desired to build David a house and he would make it good. Can we comprehend how powerful the promises of God truly are? What God has said, he will surely perform. Now, if he hasn't performed it yet, then just wait, because he will. Understanding this is the secret to accomplishing great things for the kingdom of God. It's the way that we can know his heart and know how to pray and know that he will be faithful to bring all of his promises about. When we lay hold of God by faith and trust him to fulfill his word, for his word's sake. And who is like your people, like Israel, the one nation on the earth whom God went to redeem for himself as a people, to make for himself a name, and to do for yourself great and awesome deeds for your land, before your people whom you redeemed for yourself from Egypt, the nations and their gods. For you have made your people Israel your very own people, forever, and you, Lord, have become their God. Now, O Lord God, the word which you have spoken concerning your servant and concerning his house, establish it forever, and do as you have said. So let your name be magnified forever, saying, The Lord of hosts is the God over Israel, and let the house of your servant David be established before you. For you, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, have revealed this to your servant, saying, I will build you a house. Therefore, your servant has found it in his heart to pray this prayer to you 
And now, O Lord God, you are God and your words are true. And you have promised this goodness to your servant. Now, therefore, let it please you to bless the house of your servant, that it may continue before you forever. For you, O Lord God, have spoken it. And with your blessing, let the house of your servant be blessed forever. In the face of such wonderful promises, what could David say? All he could say was, Lord, let it be done according to your word. And God did exactly what he said. He blessed and established the house of David for the praise of his glory forever. May I encourage you in like manner to take hold of the promises of God, to say, Lord, this is what you said. So I'm believing it. You said that this is what you want to do. You said, Lord, if I lack wisdom to ask you and you would give it to me graciously. Lord, you said you're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And then let those promises of God lead us into the prayer of faith that we might pray, Lord, even as you have said, make it so. I'm trusting you, Lord, to make it so. That's the way to effective prayer. Begins with thanksgiving. Just thanksgiving that God loves us, that he delights to do good for us, that he delights to bestow his grace upon us, that he, even though we may desire to build him a house, even though we may desire to do some great work for him, he delights even more so to do a great work for us. Believe it and pray accordingly. You've been listening to Simply the Bible. The Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Next week, we'll see how David conquers all his enemies because the Lord preserves him wherever he goes. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 2 Samuel on Simply the Bible.